Hey, what's up, everybody, and welcome back to That Triathlon Show, the podcast presented by scientifictriathlon.com. I'm your host, Michael, and this episode is beginner tip 19, where I'll talk about mastering transitions in triathlon and how to become really fast and effective in T1 and T2. This episode is sponsored by Precision Hydration on precisionhydration.com. They make electrolyte products to make sure that you can meet your individual sweat sodium loss needs because everybody loses sodium in their sweat at a different rate and how much you sweat, of course, also plays into that. For example, I'm a very salty sweater. Yesterday, I went out for an easy endurance run, a bit more than two hours, and it's getting warm here in Portugal now. So when I got back, I had salt stains all over my clothes and even on my the straps of my, of my helmet and really weird places that I've never seen salt stains before. But I guess just the, the heat here made me sweat a bit more and... Uh, and that really showed in the stains that I had. And I've taken Precision Hydration's online sweat test to find out that I'm I'm kind of between the uh, pH 1000, so 1000 milligrams per hour of sodium, and the 1500. So for preloading especially, I used the 1500, so even stronger electrolytes. And you can do that as well. And then you can get your first box of Precision Hydration for free when you use the discount code that triathlon show, all one word, all caps, on precisionhydration.com. But let's move on to transitions. And uh, to be clear here, this episode is only about what happens in the transitions themselves and not uh, after, for example, not how to run well off the bike. We could do many episodes on that. And I have in the past, by the way, I'll link to that in the show notes. But episode 48 was called Five Keys to Running Well Off the Bike. So that will be in the episode description and you can click through and listen to that. Today's focus is only on what happens in the transition between the disciplines and making that fast and smooth. And uh, make no mistake, transitions are super important and it's low-hanging fruit. It's high return on investment. If you master them, you can easily shave for the invested time in training, you can shave a lot. Like for example, depending on what your level is as an athlete, you may need maybe 100 hours of swim, bike and run training to shave a minute of your sprint triathlon race time by just becoming fitter. But if you never thought about or practiced transition, even just one hour of deliberate transition practice could gain you a minute or so just from becoming becoming faster and more effective at them. So high potential return on investment. How do we improve them? The way I see it, there are four keys to becoming good at transitions. Practice simplify, know the event, and execute. So let's take one at a time. Practice. You need to practice things like getting out of your wetsuit efficiently, get uh, on and off your bike, getting into your running shoes quickly, uh, all those sorts of things. Otherwise, if you don't practice, there is no chance that you'll suddenly be fast and good at it in racing. And it's not just practicing one time, although you can gain a lot in even just a single session of deliberate transition practice. But you should make it a regular part of your training, especially in the last month or two before your race. You also need to 
to practice like you race. So so you need to practice with your race day equipment and uh, and even if possible practice in race day conditions. Like does your uh, your bike end at an uphill? at an incline in in your race then you should practice that so that you can dismount from the bike at an uphill as well and weather conditions as well like if it's a quite a cold swim then that might affect what equipment you have and need to get into for the bike so that affects how you practice as well a lot of the practice that you do can be easily incorporated into training you're already doing for example every time i head out for a run uh, for a ride sorry i uh, I put my my riding shoes, my cycling shoes on the pedals, clip them in, attach them with rubber bands to the bike, and then I do a flying mount practice. And the way that uh, yeah, that I'm going to use do it in races. And every time I come home from that ride, I I practice dismounting the way I would do in races. It takes me one minute of extra setup time, <laughs> so it's nothing, and uh, and I get so much great transition practice for that. Every time you make an open water swim. Don't end it with just easily walking onto the shore, slowly removing your wetsuit. No, exit quickly, run out of the water and get out of the wetsuit as if it was a race. And uh, that takes you no extra time again, but you get an extra transition practice. It's very valuable. Then, of course, in some situations, you may want to practice transitions specifically or practice more of them at a time. So, for example, practice uh, five or ten bike transitions, like one after another at the end of a ride, for example. But that is still very time-efficient training, and you can do that. That is very good as well. So, simplify. And with simplify, I mean simplify your setup and your equipment selection. Because it is a good idea to try to be somewhat uh, of a minimalist in transitions. Standing around trying to decide what to use and not to of all of the stuff you've packed into your transition box is a waste of time. You should almost always know well in advance of your race exactly what you'll use and uh, therefore bring only that into transition. And these are this is pretty simple. Bike, bike shoes, helmet, sunglasses, running shoes, race number and race belt, and fuel and hydration. Uh, in uh, general, you don't need to bring extra clothes into transition because you should know in advance what clothes you will be wearing. You know roughly the weather conditions, the course, etc. And you should know that that works for you because you've already done it in training. So so that's uh, it's very simple, really. And trying to just be clear about what you want to use in your race and then train that way and refine what you use and what you don't use that will save you so much time just through the mere act of simplifying your transition having less stuff and less things to think about making it automatic making it a routine third know the event uh, this you should prepare in advance check the transition area maps and maps for getting into and out of transition you should also know the rules of the event will you have a box where everything needs to be put in or should your stuff be on a towel on the ground what are the weather conditions like that will determine what uh, clothes you will have for example to will you use uh, use something like arm warmers or something will you use socks what sort of nutrition is provided by the race that will impact what nutrition you may bring into the transition area uh, all of these factors come into play here when you make your 
your plan for the stuff that you will have in transition and knowing it well in advance will help you practice like you race and do that in training as well and finally if you've done all these things you've practiced you've simplified your setup and equipment selection as much as possible and you know the event then on race day it's all a matter of execution get there early and have a plan for what you'll do in which order but specifically when you set up your transition area make sure that you have everything you need and ideally nothing else. In some cases, there may be something that you have as a just-in-case. Like, for example, if it's a cold day and you think that may maybe you will need to use socks, but you're not quite sure, then you can have these maybes as well in the box. But for the most part, as I said, you should decide well before the race starts what you'll use and leave the rest out. Make it simple for you. One thing to do when preparing your transition area that can be useful is to have like a colorful towel that you put in your box and that, uh, if allowed, hangs out of the box. Or it can even be just uh, in front of your bike or beneath your bike so that you can recognize your spot in transition from the color of that towel. Because that's usually way easier to pick out than to pick out your bike itself. But then you should also, on race day, uh, when you set up these things, walk or jog from the swim exit to the transition area and know the way to your bike exactly. So you should walk specifically the race route to the transition area and within the transition area. And uh, and pick out some landmarks, count number of rows, whatever you do for how to easily find your bike, even when you're, you're really... Uh, your adrenaline is flowing and you're tired after the swim so it becomes much more difficult so you should have very clear landmarks and uh, and know exactly where your bike is same for the bike to run transition go that route as well walk it or jog it and know exactly how to get from the bike to your spot in the transition area and then it's all about execution. You know the event, you have simplified the setup and you've made your decisions and you've practiced it all in training. It will start feeling like a routine. Now to finish up some specific tips for T1 and T2. Let's start by T1, transition one, swim to bike. So practice running out of the water and taking your wetsuit off regularly in training. If you don't swim that often in open water, you should use your wetsuit in some pool swims and do this training in the pool. When you're running up from the beach, pull up your goggles as you're running. Then find your zipper at the back and unzip while running. Release one arm, then the other, and uh, then pull down the wetsuit to the waist. Or personally, I pull it down all the way to, to my bum. I can run just as well. And it's then slightly faster for me to get the wetsuit down to the ankles with uh, just uh, a quick pull that way, or sometimes two quick pulls, but still a bit quicker. And uh, you practicing this will get you used to the dizziness from going from a horizontal to vertical position and the high heart rate after the swim. So this is something that you need to get used to to be efficient at running from the swim end to the bike start. You can use body glide or something similar both on your legs and on your wrists, but even on the outside of your wetsuit to make it really quick to remove. And uh, if you pull your wetsuit up a bit higher on the calves, it's generally a bit easier to, to just uh, powerfully uh, get it off with, uh, with a strong 
powerful pull of the ankles. How you place your helmet, sunglasses and race belt on the bike matters a lot. Uh, Think about the order that you'll put these things on. Maybe it's race belt first, sunglasses second and helmet third. You could have your everything in your helmet and the helmet on the handlebars but be careful on windy days so that uh, it doesn't all blow away so think about that and uh, set it up accordingly have your nutrition and hydration ready either on your bike or if you plan on having for example a gel in transition before getting on the bike then maybe you can have that in your helmet or even uh, on the ground if that's allowed or in the box And just make sure that you remember to take it. So maybe the helmet is a better place. And for beginners, I recommend doing a half flying mount as it's fairly easy if you practiced it. It's basically the same as a real flying mount, but you don't do it at speed. So you slow, that means that you have already your your shoes in your pedals and attached with rubber bands to the bike and run barefoot out of transition with your bike next to you. And then you just uh, stop or come to a slow jog at least and then get off get get out, get on the bike and start pedaling barefoot with your feet on your shoes and then get your feet in the shoes as you get up to speed. Of course this requires practice but it's not that difficult. It's not a full flying mount that is done at uh, a high speed so it's something that is not even that scary. Tips for T2 is uh, this mount is actually even easier than the half flying mount. So that's something that's well within reach uh, for every beginner. You need to practice this still, of course, and give yourself 300 meters or so before this mount line to, to start getting your feet out of your shoes and onto your shoes. Don't cut the dismount line too tight because you won't gain much from that, but can lose a lot if you miss it and uh, get a penalty. Then run with the bike uh, and rack it, remove the helmet and uh, shoes on. Use triathlon laces, of course, so that you can just pull them on quickly. No tying the shoelaces. Something that some people use is uh, have baby powder in the shoes to reduce chafing, especially if you run barefoot, which I recommend. Uh, but uh, I person I recommend running barefoot, I should say. But I personally don't use baby powder or anything like that. I never used it, uh, and uh, it works fine for me. So again, you need to test personally what works for you. Do you need that, or do you get chafing if you run barefoot with nothing else, or are you just fine? So again, practice, simplify, know the event, and execution is the consequence. And I uh, hope you enjoyed those specific T1 and T2 tips as well. I hope you enjoyed this beginner tip and definitely put the tips and advice I gave you into practice. Never just listen to these episodes and think, okay, cool, that's great to know. You need to apply the information. If you're interested in training plans or coaching, check out my website, scientifictriathlon.com, where I have all the information about that, or send me an email if you need more info. And my email address, by the way, it's michael at scientifictriathlon.com, and that's Michael with a K. Thank you to our sponsors, Precision Hydration. I'm off to the Algarve for a training camp next week, and it'll be a lot of long rides, so you can bet there will be a lot of Precision Hydration going with me to make sure that my electrolytes stay on point. Even if you're not training and racing long distances, in the summer heat, you're sweating a lot and therefore you are losing a lot of sodium. So uh, you need to to give electrolytes. It's as important as as nutrition, really, because in most sports drinks or gels, 
the amount of sodium that you get is uh, way below what most people would need. Thank you, as always, for listening. Keep training smart and keep loving triathlon.